Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite Gundam podcast, Colony Drop. My name is Isaac. And my name is Brian, and this is a podcast about anything and everything related to the Mobile Suit Gundam franchise. From the anime, to the movies, to the music, to the models, to the clothes, the food, you name it, Isaac, we do it all. That's right, Brian. We even celebrate holidays, which I should put an asterisk next to and say are um, Western predominant American holidays. (laughs) We we like to shove a little Gundam into our holidays. Oh, you got to have Gundam in your holidays, right? So I think what we're going to do today is a little Gundam Christmas special, Isaac. We've got three special Christmas gifts in store for the listeners. This will be a little bit different than our normal Christmas specials where we make Christmas-themed Gundams. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with Dreidel Gundam. I feel like that was one of your strong ones, Isaac. When you had the the Bee Menorah, I mean, that was pretty cool. That was an awesome idea at the time. I think we'll, because of global current events, we'll leave Dreidel Gundam (laughs) on the back burner for now for obvious reasons and... (laughs) The intense comment threads that would happen if we if we brought up Dreidel Gundam <laughs> even more, but um yes I I love the Beam Menorah I think it's a brilliant weapon <laughs> if you think about it no one's ever tried putting like two beams like right next to each other right no one's ever done that it just sounds deadly to me so it'd be awesome <laughs> <laughs> but so with the three things we're gonna do tonight is we have a twelve days of Gundam miss New Year's resolutions for our Gundam characters or potentially Bandai itself and oh <laughs> interesting and last year isaac we did not mention this on our podcast but we did a favor to another gundam podcast where we sent in a christmas story and uh we did not play it on our podcast but uh, i think we'll play it at the end here i think that'll be fun yeah it's it's time to spread the christmas cheer and we're gonna spread it here <laughs> isn't that right <laughs> How long have you been working on that rhyme? (laughs) I thought of it on the spot. (laughs) But you know what? Yeah, this is going to be somewhat of a lighthearted Christmas episode, guys. Although maybe not. We'll see if my (laughs) resolutions uh, did did start uh, putting some some dust in the air for contention. We'll see. (laughs) Um, But yeah, which one should we go with first, Brian? 12 days or resolutions? Let's do 12 days of Christmas. All right, Brian. So I approach this as 12 days of Gundamus. And I did 1 through 12, and I'm not going to sing the song as it's intended, where each day you kind of add on, because yep. we, we'd be here all night, and we don't have that time, <laughs> Brian, because this is California. This is the beautiful state of California, and we like to relax at night. <laughs> so no one has time to sing that. Did you approach it in a similar way or a different way? I did. I made my own 12, 12 days of Christmas. Okay. Maybe I'll sing my version and put it at the end of the episode, you know, the, the full uh, <laughs> the full, the full song. Oh my god, <laughs> you're going to do it in the way the song's meant? I don't know, how, do you, how else do you get that momentum to build up to the 12 days? You're just going to sing the, tw- the 12th verse by itself? I guess you're, well, no, I was going to do the 12th verse and then you count down. Oh, no, it's, you start at 1. You don't count down, right? Oh god. All right. Let's hear you go first then, Brian. Let's do it. If you're if that's the road you want to take, then handcuff me and take me down the road. Handcuff you. All right, here we go. As a reminder listeners, if you've never heard this song, it's a very famous Christmas song. The normal 12 days of Christmas, the ones that I that, that I remember Isaac is partridge in a pear tree, two turtle doves, three french hens, four calling birds, five gold rings, six geese a laying, seven swans a swimming. Eight maids a milking, nine ladies dancing, ten lords a leaping, eleven pipers piping, and twelve drummers drumming. That sounds exactly right. That sounds exactly like what I was forced to sing as a child. 
<laughs> Isaac uh, did go to <laughs> did go to uh, Catholic school every year, just like me. <laughs> one of us hated it more than the other, and I'll let you guess which one that was. <laughs> What's insane too to like to make kids sing this at a private Catholic school though is that the song has almost I mean Christmas aside from Christmas, there's nothing to do with religion. Because like there's lords and drummers and French hens. It's it's such a bizarre song. I should probably have read about the history of this song, but it it makes no sense. I wonder what the history of this is, or this is one of those cases of well, it used to mean something like back in the day and we just kind of added things on and carried it into the future. But but whatever. I'm I'm we're we're running off on a tangent. Um, I did look do a little bit of research about it. The one the, oh. I think the version that we know is basically from like the early 1900s. I think 1909 it was. It was a particular version that caught on. Huh. But the song does date back. It's, it's an English carol. That's why there's lords in it, of course. Right. But I think the earliest thing here on Wiki is from 1780. So wow, that's about the time it was made. That's not too far in the past. Interesting. Huh. It was in an illustrated children's book called Mirth Without Mischief, published in London in 1780. I wonder what 12 Days of Christmas means, though. It must be something culturally in England or Europe. Here in the United States, we only have like one day of Christmas, you know? Mm, yeah. Maybe like theirs was like, you do something on each of the 12 days counting down to Christmas. I don't know. Yeah, it just says here the 12 days that make up the Christmas season, starting with Christmas Day. So I don't know. Oh, that's so weird. Because there's Advent, but that's oh, like... Oh, right. Forget how long Advent is. That's four weeks, so that's a lot longer than 12 days, so... Well, England's Protestants, so I guess they wouldn't have Advent specifically. Yeah. So maybe their version of it is called 12 Days of Christmas, or... I, I, I know culturally it's, it might be different, because don't they have something called Boxing Day? Oh, it could be. And that's the actual that's the actual day where they give the gifts, or something like that. Maybe I'm mixing things up. I don't know. If you're a UK listener or um, oh. Commonwealth listener, you might be able to tell us. Because I could have sworn they do presents on a different day or something. The wiki says the 12 days in the song are the 12 days starting with Christmas Day to the day before the Epiphany, which is the 5th of January. So it actually starts on Christmas. I thought it would have ended on Christmas. The 12th night is defined yeah. by the Oxford English Dictionary as the evening of January 5th, the day before Epiphany, which traditionally marks the end of Christmas celebrations. What is the Epiphany again? The Epiphany, as <laughs> as someone who That's went to Catholic Jesus school. That's when Jesus had a brilliant idea. <laughs> How many years did you go to Catholic school, Isaac? Like 13 years? Brian, there's so many things to memorize in the oh, that's that's absolutely true. In in the encyclopedia that is the Catholic religion, <laughs> there's like the Annunciation, the Beatitudes, <laughs> the Stations of the Cross, yeah. which are kind of like bus stops, I guess. Apparently, in Western Christianity, the feast commemorates principally but not solely the visit of the magi to the christ child and thus jesus christ's physical manifestation to the gentiles <laughs> you know it'd be cool like a gundam um <laughs> what's it called when they a gundam nativity scene <laughs> you already made one of those remember it was manger gundam oh, and it really? combined into the well no 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 well mine was like a force that like fights <laughs> but like this was i meant like if somebody put it in front of their house like oh no okay get it there's one by my house. There's a guy that his whole yard is just Star Wars characters in the nativity scene. Oh, my God. Who's the baby? Oh, it must be it's, Baby Yoda. I haven't checked, but I know it's... I'm pretty sure it's Baby Yoda. But, like, you know... There's no one else to put. Yeah, it'd be grotesque if you put, like, Luke there <laughs> or something. That would be horrifying. You know? Jabba. <laughs> 
Anyway. Uh, anyways. Yeah, we're so off tangent. Okay. All right, Brian. You convinced me. D- do your version counting up and then comprehensively 12. All right, here we go. On the first day of Christmas, my true love sent to me a cartridge for a Gym 3. Oh, like an e-pack? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're going to need those e-packs. <laughs> <laughs> they need all the help they can That's get. That's probably true. On the second day of Christmas, my true love sent to me two test-type doms and a cartridge for a Gym 3. Oh, I like that. The test-type doms. If only they would have helped round the roll. <laughs> <laughs> Just got there a little too late. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three fat uncles, two test-type doms, and a cartridge for a Gym 3. Oh, you love the fat uncle now, don't you? That's like your that's your favorite Gundam uh, non-military shit. We just saw some fat uncles. It's a great name. It's a hilarious name. <laughs> Zeon did not name them that. I, yeah. The Zeon name is probably something like the Dalawu <laughs> or something. Something right? very flattering, like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four hummingbirds, three fat uncles, two test-type doms, and a cartridge for a gym three. The Hummingbird, Isaac, in case you don't remember this one, it's that uh, Zeta Plus variant, I think, from Gundam Sentinel that looks uh, super menacing. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. I was actually visualizing Hummingbirds. I was like, my God, he's mixed up the songs. (laughs) (laughs) He forgot to change the lyric. He brought in the English. Let's see Hummingbird Gundam. <laughs> does it have a proboscis? A prob- does, it, does it suck the enemy pilot out of the oh chest? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I'm, I'm, I'm imagining it. Is that what the beak is called? Yeah. The, the Tube of Death? No, it's, this, it's the Zeta Plus C1 oh, variant. It's like really big. Look at that. It's a big boy. Oh, yeah. You know what? It, they took the dendrobium and they were like, we have to divide <laughs> this per limb. That's pretty much what they did, right? Yeah. Put this on a Zeta and this is what you get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me five Gundam wings, four hummingbirds, three fat uncles, two test-type doms, and a cartridge for a Gym 3. Of course, because there's five Gundams in Gundam Wing, yeah. which is Brian's favorite Gundam series. How dare you? <laughs> Those are very naive ideas. <laughs> you know what? So that brings me to a tangent here. Listeners, I just realized that when you listen to the show on Spotify, it asks you a question. It says, what did you think of this episode? And I didn't realize that we can control that question, Isaac. And it gives us the feedback. Oh. If someone types in that <laughs> box, we can see what they typed. And so there's some people for the, like the last year that have been typing in that box. And I just found their comments yesterday. Are they obscene? No, they're fine. <laughs> there's no way for me to really to, uh, to reply to them. But one guy wrote us a review. Actually, this might be on Apple. I apologize. But anyway, the Spotify thing stands. Oh, okay. But on Apple, some guy wrote us a review and said, I love this podcast or something like that. But come on, guys. He gave us a three out of five because we don't talk about Wing or Double O. And uh, I don't know, man. We dedicated four episodes to, to Wing. We had two review episodes, one review for Endless Waltz, and we had a whole episode where we redid the entire show. <laughs> Maybe he like caught us before we did the wing no, stuff. No, we did that within like the last no, year. No, he wrote a, he wrote the review in 2023. Oh, wow. We did the wing stuff in either 2021 or 2022. He might have been one of those listeners that like listened to a few episodes. Could be, and then then did the comment. Didn't really go through like the whole works. You know, he didn't scroll all the way. Could be, but we we only got like 100 episodes, so like 125th <laughs> of the show is dedicated to Gundam Wing right now. We'll be editing that question. <laughs> like, how how naive is Liberlena? <laughs> <laughs> now his his point on double o stands we just don't really like that show very much but we'll get to it someday no but we have to do it you know what oh boy i'm gonna i'm gonna step on the train tracks and say this brian 
it is going to be better than victory. <laughs> well, the bar is low. After victory, every Gundam <laughs> series looks good. <laughs> we do have something very special planned for Double O, though, but we do have to get through the series first. So yeah. it's going to be... Double O, no. <laughs> All right. On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me six Googs a slang, five Gundam wings, four hummingbirds, three fat uncles, two test-type doms, and a cartridge for a gym, three... Did you say Gale Googs or Googs? Googs a slang, yeah. Oh, just the I shortened it. It's a limited <laughs> amount of syllables in this song. You're calling the inside three. You guys drop like the first three letters yeah. of certain words. You guys are like Bostonians. It's, it's new speak. <laughs> this is the 1984 version. You guys are like the Brits, kind of like, yeah, get in the goo. <laughs> Go go and battle. <laughs> oh, that's so good. If we ever read a side story that involves Gilgoogs, they have to be British so they can yeah. say Gilgoog British. Oh, yeah. British it's style. it's the, uh, the fish and chips regiment. <laughs> That's a perfect a name for an amphibious mobile suit division. Oh, I love that. Okay. <laughs> you just heard it here, listener. This is what Sunset does perfectly. We just cook while we're on the spot. The fish and <laughs> chips division. There you go. Just, yeah, go get out there. <laughs> oh, he's going to beep. <laughs> we have to pull everybody that can do a British accent or like our few listeners in the UK. <laughs> Just draft them and say, you guys are in this audio drama. Get oh, ready. Man. <laughs> if you put the fish and chips division in the same room, the same recording room as like Australian Isaac and whoever he brings to record the Australian <laughs> division, I don't think I would make it through the recording. I would just die laughing from all the slang. <laughs> well, after a while, I don't think it's a good idea to put them together because they'll drop their conflict and end up working together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Brian, that's not what, that's not what space fashion is about at all. <laughs> <laughs> on the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven salamis a sinking, six googs a slaying, five Gundam wings, four hummingbirds, three fat uncles, two test type doms, and a cartridge for a gym, three. I like the triple S. Please continue. <laughs> oh, this is one. This one's going to get me in trouble, Isaac. Oh, no. On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eight Marusa milking, seven Salamis a sinking, wow. six Googs a slaying, five <laughs> Gundam wings, four hummingbirds, three fat uncles, two test type doms, and a cartridge for a gym, three. Just jiggling. Just the, the concussions of battle. It's called Swing. Maids a Milking. The first thing I thought of, <laughs> I just wrote it down. You thought of your boot bounce counselor? Uh, uh, hello. <laughs> She needs a bounce counselor. Yep. They make those in the cosmic era, whatever it's called. In that timeline, bras are not allowed. <laughs> it's not regulation military clothing. Those were banned by the Antarctic Treaty in the Universal Century. The men in charge of the Earth Alliance were like, look, you're in space. You don't need <laughs> weapons of mass destruction, I say. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me nine Garmas prancing, eight Marusa milking, seven Salamis a sinking, six Googs a slaying, five Gundam wings, four hummingbirds, three fat uncles, two test type doms, and a cartridge for a gym, three. Applause. <laughs> I thought prancing fit Garma. Yeah, especially when Char's around. <laughs> when he's having his, um, shall we say, very intimate relationship with Char, where they're like showering around each other and stuff like that. On the 10th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 10 Leos a losing, 9 Garmas prancing, 8 Marusa milking, 7 Salamis a sinking, 6 Googs a slaying, 5 Gundam wings, 4 Hummingbirds, 3 Fat Uncles, 2 Test Type Doms, and a Cartridge for a Gym, 3. Oh, those Leos. They. I don't think the Leos ever did well. No. In any situation. <laughs> no, they didn't. Actually, no. They did pretty great. Was it when they shot that shuttle in the opening? Oh, 
Yeah, I guess that counts. Yeah, that's fair. The only time <laughs> they did okay was when the main characters were piloting them. Yeah. Oh, then they had like plot yeah, yeah. armor, and they, right? the and they could take like a ton of hits. Exactly. Hey, look at that. We're discussing Gundam Wing. <laughs> Leave a comment. <laughs> <laughs> On the 11th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 11 colonies dropping, 10 Leos a losing, 9 Garmas prancing, 8 Marusa milking, 7 Salamas sinking, 6 Googs a slaying, 5 Gundam Wings. Four hummingbirds, three fat uncles, two test-type doms, and a cartridge for a gym three. So it was like almost the after-war Gundam X colony drop, but not quite. <laughs> Eleven would still be pretty bad. Eleven yeah. is, yeah, catastrophic Armageddon scenario, I, I think. You know, in some people's opinion, if Eleven fell on Australia, Australia would be fine. <laughs> just, just shrug it off and keep moving. Eleven might as well get 12. Ah, she'll be right. All right, the coup de gras, Isaac. This one oh, is boy, very specific, go. but I'm very proud of it. On the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 12 LP pulls oh, up boy. pulling, 11 colonies dropping, 10 Leos a losing, 9 Garmas prancing, 8 Marusa milking, 7 Salamas a sinking, 6 Googs a slaying, 5 Gundam wings, 4 hummingbirds, 3 fat uncles, 2 test type doms, and a cartridge for a gym, 3. Did you even recognize that name, Isaac? No. Is this from Zeta? It's from or double, double Zeta. Zeta. It's LPO pull. Pull. Play. Yes. Yes. Okay. And she was pulling? No, yeah. So the so the <laughs> the closest correct English pronunciation of her name is pull. Ah. There's no you can't it doesn't really work in Japanese, so they, they, they say like Puru. Puru <laughs> Which is a country. <laughs> She's named after this uh I think it was like some the name for some fairy creatures or something that Tamino liked. Wait, hold on, let me find it. El Piro Peru. Hold on, hold on. God, what a horrible name. She's named like a Zeonic <laughs> ship. <laughs> this is from Zeonic Scanlation's website. It's a, he translated Anna Media's Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta Part 2 book that was published back in 1987. Okay, and it says about LPO Pull is a super popular, and her name is also has a backstory to it. Director Tomino is the one who came up with her name. The director was reading a book that talked about a family of adorable fairies, so he used their name. In other words, the people of L. However, there was an issue with the name when he suggested the name to the scriptwriter. He rejected it, saying, but we already have L and Rue. Despite that, he managed to get it through, as he took a particular liking to the name LPO Pull. Get it? L people. LPO Pull. L people? Yeah. If you look at it written out, it's L people. LPO Pull. E-L-P-E-O-P-L-E. Uh, I don't like the backstory to that name at all. <laughs> anyway, 12 I, LPO I Pulls a Pulling. Like, oh, it's... <laughs> He he named it after like a Tibetan fairy or something like that. Or Tibetan word that means, I don't know, like harmony or something. Something gun to me, yeah. right? You know, perseverance. <laughs> See, I was trying to get something that had double P's. 11 Pipers piping. All right. LPO pulls a mm. pulling. I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> All right, Isaac, let me hear your 12 days. All right. Mine was structured somewhat differently. It's it's a bit more a bit more filled into the Gundam universe. So on the first day of Christmas... Or actually, I should say, on the first day of Gundamus, <laughs> a new type gave to me a colony drop on Sydney. Oh. <laughs> Just out of the gate, attacking Australia. I mean, hang on. There's one colony drop that outshines all That's of them. That's true. And you have to agree with me on that, right? That's fair. And also, Zeon did that out of the gate, too. So it's not without precedent. <laughs> yeah, it's the first one. Like, uh, 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 ooh, Should I even say this? All right, here we go. Edit me out if you want. <laughs> I, you, you might have to. Um, <laughs> there's two nuclear detonations we all know by name. 
right because of the city yeah. that they were in and i don't mean in gundam i mean in the real That's life fair. okay putting those aside name two other ones <laughs> the test ones name the test ones name where the test ones were i'll wait Ooh. you can't because we never <laughs> learned about them because they were beyond meaningless since so many were happening by that point and i i would argue the same as with the the gundam colony drops to a certain point right you know i don't even in after war x do you even think they tracked where each one landed they couldn't have right by that point the gundam the, the government was gone no because they, they blew up all the tracking yeah. things anyway so there was nothing left to track at that, yeah, it's like that would be like tracking like an asteroid headed for Earth and like trying to figure out where each pebble is going to land. Like, there's no point. Just just run. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> so on the second day of Gundamus, a new type gave to me two shark clones and a colony drop on Sydney because, as we all know, shark got cloned at least once. <laughs> That's fair. We have full frontal. Yeah, and then, like, I don't know. Do you want to put in Gaia Gear? Maybe you don't. That's, yeah, that would be my number two. What's his name? Afran Shiashar? Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce his name. There's a side story with another clone running around, I'm sure. <laughs> Probably. So, take, and then, of course, it's revealed it's not another clone, right? Oh, oh yeah. But anyways, I digress. All right, and this next one, I'm surprised you missed this one, Brian. I'm sure you thought about mm-hmm. it. So, on the third day of Gundamus, a new type gave to me three Black Tri Stars. Uh, Two shark clones and a colony drop on Sydney. Perfect. Gotta go with the black tristars. Yeah, that's yeah. that's relevant. Although, I mean, by this point, I think we can both agree, Brian, that um, let's just say they did better at the uh, the battle alone <laughs> <laughs> than as the war went on. Surprise! They did better when uh, the opponent had no way to fight back. Yeah, they they peaked early in life. <laughs> they peaked early in the war, and they were kind of done after that. <laughs> but um, anyways, on the fourth day of Gundamus, a new type gave to me four move size, three black tristars, two shark clones, and a colony drop on. Sydney. Yes, I gotta put the Musais in there because I didn't know where else to put them. And, I don't know, whenever you see them on screen, you almost never see one. Oh, that's so, fair. I figured yeah. four. Four yeah. is a good complement of Musais, you know. They're so damn fragile. Yeah, anyway. don't leave home with just one Musai, everybody. <laughs> on the fifth day of Gundam, a new type gave to me five Gelgug Marines marining, four <laughs> Musais, three Black Tristars, two Shark clones, and a colony drop on Sydney. <laughs> You know, because Marines, they're marining, yeah. right? That's what they do. Fair enough. All right. On the sixth day of Gundam, a new type gave to me six double G gas canisters gassing. Jesus Christ. Five Gelgug Marines marining, four size, three black tristars, two shark clones, and a colony drop on Sydney. <laughs> Got to put the gas in there, Brian. <laughs> do you, Isaac? Nothing says Christmas like gas. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wow. Everyone in the colony is just asleep. It's it's just sleeping <laughs> gas, everyone. Yeah, everybody just hold hands. To help you sleep better for Santa. <laughs> Santa yeah. will be there Sand when you man. wake up. Oh, well, hmm. Okay, this must have... Well, Shima's unit was involved with it, but if we ever did a side story, Brian, uh, it's got to be the Sandman squad. Oh. oh, the Sandman squad, right? That's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. That'd, that'd be awesome. Okay, anyways. All right, on the seventh day of Gundamus, a new type gave to me seven nukes and nuking, <laughs> six double G gas canisters gassing, five Gelgu Marines marining, four moose eyes, three black tristars, two shark clones, and a colony drop on Sydney. Was it necessary to nuke them after gassing them? I mean, this is happening at different places. 
it's Christmas night everywhere in the You're Earth covering sphere. the entire Earth Sphere theater, I see. It's the space fascist of Christmas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Did we talk about this once? How many nukes do you need to take out a colony? Oh, I gotta one? think one. I could have sworn in the intro we see two go off in one colony. That doesn't mean it wouldn't have been doomed after one. Okay. I say one. Well, you know, it was early in the war, so maybe Zeon was like, well... <laughs> just in case. Two for sure. One's a maybe, so let's just use two. <laughs> Good. It's like double tapping, you know? Yeah, you have to you have to you have to do overkill before you learn. Right? Anyways, like how they found out like how much medicine is like too much and they have to write in the bottle, you know. Garen would totally order two nukes per colony. I like a man who double taps. <laughs> Anyways, on the eighth day of Christmas on the eighth day of Gundamus, a new type gave to me. Eight doms spinning, seven nukes and nuking, six double G gas canisters gassing, five Galgo marines marining, four moussais, three black trisars, two shark clones, and a colony drop on Sydney. Gotta put the spin in there, Brian. I'm surprised you didn't just do all 12 days of doms. Yeah, right? Just different segments of the dom, <laughs> yeah. like the heat saber. Heat sabery sabering. Sabering, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> on the ninth day of Gundamus, a new type gave to me nine HLV spinner roonies, <laughs> eight dom spinning, seven nukes and nuking, six double G gas canisters gassing, five Galgo marines marining, four moussais, three black troy stars, two shark clones, and a colony drop on Sydney. I just love an igloo that, that spinner rooney, you know? Oh, like <laughs> when they get hit and they. <laughs> spin around in the atmosphere no if you if you remember with the hlvs were landing on earth and like i don't know why the federation set up like troops beneath the landing <laughs> zone well i guess the obvious question is yeah you have to fight them but um you don't remember the LH- hlvs landing and like spinning around in the early days of the war well no i think i do i think they, didn't they also spin though like when they got hit in space Maybe. Well, I, I think know. in space they just blew That's up. That's probably but true. The spinner Rooney happened in the um, whose story was it? The guy that was using like the Regina missile system to take out the Zaku's. Oh, yep, yep. I yep. think they first show up in his story or the Type sixty three story, one or the other. Everything had wa- wonky movement in Igloo. There was the HLV spinner Rooney's, the yeah. Salamis stopping and starting on a dime <laughs> and going super fast. My head headcanon to reconcile it is that that had to have been like a custom Salamis squadron, <laughs> right? Like they were... Super Salamis? <laughs> yeah. Admiral Dom Toretto, like from the Fast <laughs> and the Fury. Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah. Admiral Gonzalez with the Speedy Squadron. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, that's great. We've added so many new characters to the lore tonight, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Sandman Squadron and, Fish and the, Chips. the Fish and Chips Regiment. <laughs> All right. On the 10th day of Gundamus, a new type came to me. 10 guffs a-leaping, 9 HLV spinner roonies, 8 doms a-spinning, 7 nukes a-nuking, 6 double G gas canisters gassing, 5 Galgo marines marining, 4 moussais, 3 black tri-stars, 2 shark clones, and a colony drop-on Sydney. I went with the guffs a-leaping because <sighs> Norris Packard, maybe you could chalk this up mm-hmm. to just the custom guff he had, but the leaps that thing could do were insane. Right? I agree. He, he leapt up tall on that top of that building, gave us one of the most iconic yeah. shots of the show, right? As maneuverable as doms are, you never see them really jump some, well, maybe because they're just kind of heavy. They're really designed <laughs> just to float, if you think about it. But um, yeah, Zaku's, actually, no, I take that back. One Zaku did that. 
that was at the Kimberly Zeon. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. The one that almost, the commander that almost, maybe because he was a commander. Oh, there you go. He and Norris had custom ones. Okay. He almost um, took out the, the Albion Bridge, if you remember. Oh, he yeah. Up and then Co shot him. Yeah. Did he have to jump that high to shoot? Uh, I think it was a little bit, a little hmm. showboating, right? Yeah, I'd have to rewatch and say, you really didn't need to get that high to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on the 11th day of Gundam, a new type gave to me. 11 gym snipers sniping, 10 goose a-leaping, 9 HLV spinner-roonies, 8 doms a-spinning, 7 nukes a-nuking, 6 double-G gas canisters gassing, 5 Gilgo marines marining, 4 moose-eyes, 3 light tri-stars, 2 shark clones, and a colony drop on Sydney. Um, I didn't put it there as sniper twos or not. Actually, I'd argue the Sniper 1 that we saw clearly had more success than those poor bastards <laughs> sent out to fight the Comfort. <laughs> You're so right. It's what a waste of like the yeah, best mobile terrible. suit to roll, the best mass-produced suit to roll out the Federation, and they just tanked it. They might as well have just crashed it into the ground. I don't think it was the best suit to roll out. No, no, I, the best mass-produced. Really? You think it was? Ooh, uh, that's on, on the question. Federation side, I think so. And, yeah. I know. <sighs> Was the Ace custom out yet? Uh, like the one from Double A Three? No. Yeah, the Immortal Four. Oh, okay, because I was gonna say the Immortal Four team. Like, boy, that thing is a, a beast. No, yeah, that that's definitely better, but that's that's a yeah. little little ways after. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> God, that's a great question. I have to go through the gyms. I'm not counting like the Pale Rider. Everyone, that one's too specialized. That ain't right. Or the Blue Destiny. That's too special. I'm talking like something that everyone can have. The eighth team is not really mass produced if you think about it, because everything's so customized <laughs> almost instantly. That's like a small so, production, yeah. I would say. Limited. Yeah. Okay. On the twelfth day of Gundamus, a new type gave to me twelve human debris doing nothing, <laughs> eleven gym snipers sniping, <laughs> ten goofs a lipping, nine HLV spinner roonies, eight doms a spinning, seven nukes a nuking, six double G gas cancers gassing, five Galgo Marines marining, four moose eyes, three black tri stars, two shark clones, and a colony drop on Sydney. <laughs> Gotta put in human debris. This <laughs> and you know what, Brian? Half the time we see them they're doing nothing. Because they're human debris. Isn't this the only season that they should be happy? <laughs> no, they shouldn't. <laughs> if you remember the, the show, even after it was all over, they still had human debris problems. <laughs> Those poor human debris. Line them up and just slap a live Yana systems down the line. <laughs> That's the only use they have. That's very space fascist of you. <laughs> And so comes an end to 12 Days of Gundam, Miss <laughs> listeners. It's all over. Let us know what your 12 days would be, what you thought about our 12 days. And onward to New Year's, Brian. Isn't that right? Isn't it time for the new year? That's right, Isaac. And when you cross into the new year, what do people do? They make New Year's resolutions. So what we did was make New Year's resolutions for certain of our favorite Gundam characters or people we just like to pick on from the Gundam universe. <laughs> Are we ready to shame them, Brian? Is that what you're going to do? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I have five. How many do you have, Isaac? Um, 16. 16? Holy crap. <laughs> Brian, our New Year's party is pretty big on the on the King Space Pig. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll just do mine real quick, and then you can run do through it. all Let's 16. Blitz through, 16. Yeah. Well, Isaac clearly thinks the Gundam universe has a lot of room for improvement. <laughs> All right, so the first resolution is targeted at Mula Flaga because he's up. He's gonna. We're gonna see him again, Isaac, in the upcoming Gundam Seed Freedom. Of course, we are. And my New Year's resolution for him is for him to try not to run into the blast, Isaac. I don't think he understands (laughs) that you're not supposed to get hit in battle, you know. And this reminds me of the the saying: 
that our old president screwed up. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. For Moo, this would be a third time, Isaac. If he pulls the same plot device for the third time, <laughs> fool me thrice, shame on all of us. That's what I'm adding to the to the thing. We should not be oh, cheering okay. if Moo runs into another blast in the movie. <laughs> But Brian, how can we show that he's such a self-sacrificing person? You know, <laughs> he already got disintegrated in the first show. It's it's so hard to keep up with Kira Jesus Yamato. You know, he has to sacrifice himself to keep up in the hero rank. God damn it, Moo! All right, number two. Oh boy, this one is directed to Bandai. In 2024, you should make more 1/100 scale model kits. Primarily Master Grades, and maybe even some real uh, Reborn 100s. We could do a whole episode on this topic, Isaac. In 2023, we only got the Zeta version Ka, uh, version Ka, version Katoki, for Master Grade. And 2024 only has the Gundam Narrative lined up, which I don't think anyone was asking for a Master Grade Gundam Narrative, first of all. Right, yeah. I could go down a whole list of, uh, of other Master Grades we need, which maybe we should do that. Maybe that'll be an episode in 2024. That'd be a great episode, which is pretty much going to be... <laughs> It's pretty much going to be every gun that we want. <laughs> hey, <laughs> mobile suit we want. Nothing wrong with that. New Year's resolution number three. This one is targeted at Nina Purpleton. Oh, no. In 2024, she should strive to lock her Gundams up. And then, when she's done locking up her Gundams, she should lock herself up, Isaac, because she was <laughs> a traitor to the Federation and helped that bastard Gato <laughs> drop the colony. Can't argue with you there. Yeah, she, uh, she definitely didn't help. <laughs> at the critical moment. Justice for Ko Uraki, people. Justice for Ko. Just arrest. Just, oh, my God. Do you think the, the Titans had a bullet with her name on it when they took power? Wow. I don't know. No one really knows. Ooh. She got her job back, and poor Ko got uh, discharged, right? So she, she yeah. came out unscathed, you know? The only person hmm. that knew isn't going to say anything because he's kind of a wuss, which is Ko. The other guy who knew is dead. Yeah. So, so it goes. <laughs> All right, New Year's resolution number four. This is for Sunrise. Sunrise, in 2024, if you happen to make another show about a lesbian marriage, show the characters or imply that the characters get married. If you think it's a good idea to later say that they didn't get married on Twitter, just don't. It's a bad idea. Don't do it. Yeah, I, I have to completely agree. This this applies for so much more than just Gundam, though, and Bandai specifically. But, God, that was such a... A bizarre, poorly done kind of half backpedaling, half kind of teasing. They're playing patty cake in the end credits. It's like, oh god, just do it, you know? Right? That was a low point of Gundam fandom. I think they stumbled on themselves, and it looked so badly done. Yeah, very poor retrospect. Well, they're just good friends. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was another show that didn't. Didn't they also say that they were just? They said they were roommates or something. What was it? Uh, Are you sure? I thought it was. Uh... No, I'm talking. I'm thinking of like a show from the '90s, maybe even '80s. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I can't remember. Okay, because there's a there's a meme going around like on Reddit and stuff where it's like you know historians find like two two like Roman soldiers holding hands like their bodies and like historians say, oh, they were just roommates. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just very friendly roommates. You know, a, a painting of two two shirtless samurai <laughs> living in the same you know castle. Oh, they were just friends. <laughs> Or something. <laughs> it's a samurai it's tradition. Like, it's okay. Yeah, it's like it's okay. You know, just it's <laughs> just stop. <laughs> I kind of feel like Disney's sort of in the same way, and, and to an extent, though, you know, like they, they just need to release a movie called The Two Princes. <laughs> just do it. 
you know, the two princesses. Yeah, then you could just hive it off if, if, if a country doesn't want it. They don't have to take it. Did you see Ray and the Last Dragon? I did not. It was very much also somewhat tiptoeing, it seemed oh, really? like. They're just mm-hmm. friends. They're just princesses that work together. <laughs> and I was like, eh. <laughs> Are they? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> New Year's resolution number five. This one started out as a resolution for basically all Zeon troops, but then I started to focus primarily on the Red Wolf squadron from the upcoming Requiem for Vengeance, which we're going to get in 2024. I originally thought, if you're going to fight a Gundam in an amphibious mobile armor, don't. Just retreat. But then I realized that could probably just extend to fighting a Gundam in general. (laughs) So the Red Wolf squadron is going to come up against what what appears to be a Gundam. And my advice to them is to just not. They should just run away. They should just retreat. The whole show should be them retreating to try to stay alive. Yeah, God, that's a that's its own episode, Brian. How do you, as a non Gundam, well, I guess every enemy is a non Gundam. <laughs> as an as an average squad, average fleet, how do you take out a Gundam? You steal a gym sniper one sniper rifle and you shoot it with that. <laughs> oh man, that's a good side story. We should do that too. Yeah, like. Nothing else is fast enough. Like, you can use a nuke, but, like, as we've seen, a Gundam can take out a nuke. <laughs> I almost think you're kind of going about it wrong. Like, what you have to do is actually go after their, their Albion, their, their Pegasus class. Mm, you yeah. know, that's the... Cut off their supplies. That's the way to yeah. go. Right. Once that's gone, that pilot has, like, if he's lucky, hours to days. Right. He doesn't have that many <laughs> shots left, so... No, no. And he'll, he'll be emotional yeah. wreck, right? Because, as we know, every Gundam pilot is... <laughs> Going through, like, a love triangle on top of, like, ideological <laughs> cognitive dissidence and, yeah, <laughs> a bunch of things at once in their God life. God forbid the, the Confederation put a stable individual in one of those things. Yeah, probably probably watched a parent get killed <laughs> or something. <laughs> so ends uh, my five New Year's resolutions, Isaac. Hit oh, us with your wow. 16. Good Lord. All right. These are all character-based. And I'll start with um, one of the big men himself. Giren's New Year's resolution is to never turn his back on Kaecilia. That's fair. Which he should have known back as Origin showed us. He should have known when Sastral slapped her, Sastral's days were numbered. <laughs> and what did Kaecilia do? She took him out. She took out Sastral with a bomb and made it look like it was the Rawls. So Giren obviously knew that happened and even you know told Kaecilia he knew. And what does he do? He turns his back to Kaecilia once she's aware that he killed Daegwyn terrible idea he needs to improve and he should have known not to do it like right after making her mad too which is i believe is that's what he did in that scene by killing dagwin so. <laughs> and also apparently having her sit near the only rifle in the room <laughs> good point the only beam rifle they put in that brood make sure she is not armed God, who puts a beam rifle in the bridge what would the need be that's so stupid i mean anyway maybe she just had one on her at all times in case the opportunity arose <laughs> Brian, though, her outfit isn't exactly um, able to conceal a rifle, shall we say. <laughs> she knew what she was doing. She assembled it on, on, on like the other side of her chair when he couldn't see. You yeah. know. <laughs> okay, Dozel's New Year's resolution is to mass produce the Big Zom before going into battle against the Federation fleet. <laughs> because that would have made all the difference and he was talking about how great the the big zom would be if they mass produce it blah 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 but i mean buddy you should have had that as like priority number one before <laughs> the actual battle of solomon i know there were a lot of logistical problems in xeon um, those probably could have been solved with like 
not making so many aquatic <laughs> units. <laughs> but, but yeah, poor Dozel. He'll he'll never get a chance to do his New Year's resolution. Two things. Do you think <laughs> how many big zombs would it have taken to make a difference? Ten? Five? No, more than more than five. Um, I'll say less than twenty. Okay, I think I agree with so that. So we'll be in the middle. Yeah. We'll, we'll be in the middle of ten or fifteen. That that alone would have probably taken out enough of the Federation fleet to either stop the Federation or, um, yeah, put that. That would have been so interesting. Everybody would have had to go to the negotiating table at that point, maybe. Right. I think you. I think you. If you get that many big yeah. zombs, you take out at least a hundred to two hundred capital ships. Yeah, probably more. I'd which say. which, which yeah. would be substantial. Yeah. Ooh, Gato and a Zom. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Cool. And then two, uh, if you mass produce it, is it not going to be as big? Are they going to be like medium zombs? Um, no. If anything, well, actually, that's a good point. I think they might be more streamlined. Yeah. Okay. You know, kind of like how the gym isn't so much smaller than the, the Gundam, but it's a bit more streamlined. Yeah. So it'll it'll look different, but um, still have a big bang. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Dagwin's resolution is to always keep Girin in eyesight. And by that, I mean physical eyesight. Because at that point, the only way Girin could take Dagwin out would be like to poison his food. <laughs> Dagwin had to know on some level that Girin was like dangerous enough to go after him because he compared him to Hitler. He did, that? he did, yeah. Yeah, so and as if you do a little bit of reading about Hitler and history, he took out a lot of his own people <laughs> on the rise to power, including some people that were very close to him, like friends, or at least, you know, to the extent that he could have friends. So Dagwin, I mean, uh, you, you put too much trust in the Garen. Is he going to, like, sleep in Garen's room and keep one eye open? Probably. <laughs> Probably just, I, I don't know, do, do that thing, do they do that to some kids that like move around too much? They kind of like have like a, a bed, <laughs> a bed harness or something. Like a bed leash? I don't know. I've never seen one. That sounds horrifying, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, that, uh, maybe not. No, I was watching Mommy Dearest. They had that in Mommy <laughs> Dearest. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I have not seen one of those for purchase yet. Okay. I don't know. You can put like a little alarm on the door or something. <laughs> When Garen wakes up at night. <laughs> Danger, death imminent. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and Almero's resolution is to slap back because <laughs> I feel like he would have gained a lot of respect points if he slapped back, right? Mm. Yeah. Then again, he was on the floor, so it's hard to get up, compose yourself, and then deliver the slap back yeah. because at that point, Bright's going to see it coming. <laughs> he was also a pretty small dude. I don't know how, how powerful his slap would have been. It's for the effect, oh, okay. not the not the not the not the pounce. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> just know? trying to get him to gain respect in prison. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bright's resolution is to make his own conspiracy, so he's never on the back foot. Because oh. each time we see Bright, he's he's always like, oh, you know, there's something else going on in the Federation, you know, and some conspiracies going on or something, and he has to deal with the Titans, and he's not really yeah. for an officer climbing as much as Bright. We almost never see him kind of getting in cahoots with other officers. Well, see... He's a man on his own. That that ties in nicely to, to my idea for the sequel to Hathaway to where uh, Bright launches a coup. It's kind of the same idea. Wow. What's it called? Bright's coup? <laughs> Maximum brightness. I don't know. <laughs> Bright slap. Ooh. Second thing. I thought you were going to say Bright's <laughs> resolution is that he should slap harder. <laughs> Only Mirai. <laughs> Slager's like, yeah, get her, get her, Captain. Yeah, so, Slager's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> now use your other hand. <laughs> no. 
Now you're speaking my language. Yeah. All right. Mariah's resolution is to next time at least phone in that there's a terrorist attack. <laughs> because if you remember in Hathaway's Flash, was it Hathaway's Flash? Or was it the regular Gundam series? Was this Charles Counterattack? Maybe it was. What part are you thinking of? I'm thinking of the part where she's driving away with her daughter and like there's a terrorist attack behind them and they just kind of pay it no mind. Oh, I think I think that's Charles Counterattack. Okay, that was Charles Counterattack then. All right. Yeah, she needs to at least phone it in because she just kind of drove on. She was there I mean, they were in like deadlock traffic, but still, <laughs> she should have at least had the common courtesy to call it in. So, Mirai, just be a good citizen. But I guess, I guess to an extent, I can't blame her because she's kind of done with everything, right? She's, I've been in enough wars. I know what's going to happen. I'm just done. I'm just going to get my daughter. We're going to drive to a cabin, and we're done. If anyone should be doing the slapping, it's her. That's true. <laughs> Who would she slap? Everyone. I think she's fed up with everyone. She'd slap everybody. Okay. <laughs> All right. General Revel- Resolution is to not take half the Federation fleet <laughs> to like a simple peace negotiation meeting like you if you you really should just take in one ship (laughs) you know (laughs) like in peace negotiations isn't everybody kind of assuming the other side's on good faith so like there's no need to send both armies against each other like if you watch an old movie where like they had like you know big medieval armies ready to fight each other or like revolutionary war napoleonic armies ready to fight each other they don't have both armies just march up to each other like you know a few feet away no they just have like the generals go out with like one horse Mm, right yeah and then they they talk things over so big mistake on revel's part and then Girin did the rest yeah and you would think that the other admiral in double 83 would have learned from revel's mistake you know by not putting all the ships at the uh naval review too well i mean in his defense actually no he has no defense no admiral earl gray he there's no excuse because he knew the nuke was in the loose he did it was even worse he was just so arrogant. He said, we're going to do the, the naval review anyways, instead of thinking, well, there's only one thing Zeon would want to nuke. <laughs> yeah, me, my ship, the one I'm on right now. Yeah, they definitely would want to nuke the grain region. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Patrick Zala's resolution Ooh. is to make sure that he is the only one in the room with a gun. Because <laughs> <laughs> his little assistant kind of ruined everything like at the last minute patrick zala could have won the war single-handedly but what happened no name of character that we've never met before decides to gun him down and then it's all over so that character yeah did what atherin and kira couldn't yeah pretty much oh god kira can't kill anybody he just blows up their heads <laughs> or their their arms right he does ridiculous yeah. what, what's stupid about that too is taking out the head should not stop the gun, the the mobile suit at all. But I digress. This is <laughs> we'll we'll pick this up inevitably in the next Gundam Seed movie when we absolutely see Kira disabling Gundams and mobile suits that way. Isaac, I think that has to be our shows. One of our shows, the twenty twenty four New Year's resolution, just to go watch it in theaters when it comes out. I'm down. Let's go. Yeah. But we have to wear uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> but are you still gonna wear a Zeon uniform? People are gonna be like, "Hey, man." Wrong show. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd probably show up in like Earth Online. Or I don't know. I I'd, I'd, I might want to read ahead and see like, okay, oh, Blue's Cosmos actually has uniforms now or something. <laughs> like going to go in full Jabril lipstick? Yeah, or um, <laughs> I'd probably do a, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Azrael, Azrael suit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Atherin Zala's resolution is to think of a better disguise than just sunglasses and a high collar. <laughs> 
Whoa. <laughs> Which is a, the Quattro Bagina attempt. You know, at least Quattro, at least Char, like, kind of grew his hair out and, like, went sleeveless. Actually, no, his hair was almost the same. <laughs> but, like, he, he kind of wore different clothes in addition to the glasses. Actually, no, they're both they're both pointless. Well, and, I mean, to, in Char's defense, he was wearing a mask before, so it's not like people even really knew what he looked like that much, right? Okay, you got me there. Yeah, Patrick, though, has no excuse because... <laughs> He just put on sunglasses and said, oh, I'm the bodyguard. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Atherin's excuse. He at least had that cool jacket. I'll give him that. I didn't like it. (laughs) All right. Queen Maria's resolution is to actually be more informed about current (laughs) events and how her government actually works than relying on Kagedi. I think all she had to do was look outside. I don't think she. (laughs) Yeah. She like never left that big room. The meeting episode where they like brief her debrief her it was terrible startling lack of control over your empire say what you will about like the leaders of all the other empires that we've had like um Meitzer or Dermail, Trace, the the zombies they had a very grounded view of exactly what was happening right mm-hmm. they did yeah she's the only one. Oh, queen maria <laughs> all right crux dogati's resolution Ooh. is to fire the nukes as soon as possible <laughs> Because if you remember, his capital ship, whatever, I think it was called the Great Jupiter something or something. Something like that, yeah. Okay. It was like in Earth orbit, and they still didn't shoot the nukes, remember? <laughs> They're like fighting the Federation, and like so much time has gone by that like the heroes are able to get the message over to um whoever's fighting the ship. They're like, oh, there's a weak spot. You have to attack. And then they attack the ship, and it like fractures in half. You remember that? I do. And then he ended up taking the nuke down to Earth with him, right? No, he he sends out like 12 Divinidads, remember? Mm-hmm, yeah. And he's in, like, the one of them. Mm-hmm. But, like, he, somebody does, like, an analysis or whatever, right? There's there's always... I like that in shows or even video games. There's always, like, a way to analyze, like, just by looking at something. Yep. yep. <laughs> analysis completed. There's 20 nukes inside. Uh, <laughs> essentially, the same thing happened, right? Like, they were like, oh, the Divinidad has so many nukes in it, it could still destroy the That's Earth. Right. So what does he do? He gets to Earth... And he he gets into combat with, like, the crossbone gun. (laughs) (laughs) He had every opportunity to fire those nukes. I don't know if I said this in the review. I may have. At least I'm consistent if I did. I feel like he would be the guy that is going to give the Scooby-Doo speech at the end where he's like, if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Yeah, yeah. Toby is like 12 or, you know, whatever. He looks 12 yeah. and he just saved the world. I would have gotten away with that. <laughs> yeah. Bernadette. All right. Gato's resolution is to pick a better target than the grain zone <laughs> for a colony drop. Because as we've hammered out, Brian, that drop did nothing. There was no impact on the rest of the timeline. <laughs> and that makes it a meaningless action. Isaac's just really upset that the one perfectly executed operation Zeon did resulted in <laughs> very few casualties. Directly, anyway. I wouldn't say perfect. <laughs> Far from perfect. He got it done. But yeah, it was so such a stupid idea. <laughs> they might as well have said it went to the ocean. That would have made more sense. The like Ko and Gato fought in the control room and it went into the ocean. Mm. I like that more. Anyways, Delaz's resolution is to never recruit someone who has every reason to want to betray your organization and goals. <laughs> and I'm obviously talking about Shima because I don't know how much delaz knew about her hopefully a lot but like what the hell well he clearly didn't know enough so no like he should have known she was in charge of the gassing operation or at least involved and then she lost her home colony she was about to be (laughs) 
handed off by like her colonel for war crimes, she has every reason to be embittered and, and, and would be the perfect, the perfect traitor if the Federation sunk their teeth into her, which is exactly what happened. Yeah, he needs to be better, a better uh, judge of character of someone who's, who's clearly scorned and out for revenge. So. Cohen's resolution is to add more people to his conspiracy or not even base a whole Gundam Park project around nukes to begin with. Because to Admiral Cohen, to my knowledge, Admiral Cohen was kind of on his own, right? Like, say what you will about the Titans and all the bad guys, but they're very good at finding other people to conspire with. Cohen doesn't seem to have that skill for whatever reason. That's true. He didn't really have many allies, huh? No one was really backing that guy up. Hmm. No. Well, I guess Anaheim to an extent. But, um, okay, the, but they back everybody. Yeah, but you can't, you can't rely on Anaheim. I mean, they'll just sell you out for... No, they just... They, they spread their legs at the drop of a hat. Um, <laughs> that so. should be their logo. A pair of spread legs, it makes an A. Just the A and the E, yeah. <laughs> and then basing the Gundam project around nukes, which is... That's very Zionic, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like, what was Cohen thinking? I don't think we've ever delved into that too much. Did he really think that, like, the best way to stop... A new Zeon would be just nuking the colonies outright. <laughs> Maybe he thought it would be a, it would bring a quick end to whatever uprising or, or movement was occurring. That's Zeonic thinking, though. That's the it colony is. drop. Thinking. It's very Zeonic thinking. Like, the moment we the moment we kill a billion people, it'll be over quickly. You know, <clears throat> that's kind of how they got into the mess in the first place, too. So maybe not the best yeah. idea. So Cohen's a bit misguided. Like he's his heart's in the right place, <laughs> but these are bad methods. <laughs> Kaecilia's resolution is to kill a possible threat way before it becomes a real threat. Mm. And I'm looking at you, Shar, because Kaecilia knew exactly who Shar was, who his father was, and she should have pieced together that this guy can be a problem at some point in the future. I absolutely need to get rid of him first because he's he's a wild card. You know, and that could be used against her, which it ended up happening. Yeah, that's a very good point. There's, I feel like there's room there for a side story where maybe she did try to get rid of him and it didn't work somehow. And she had to, you know, deal with the consequence of it, of it not happening and play it off. Because, yeah, that, that is a very huh. sort of obvious you should have done this moment. Well, that's the list is obvious mistakes, just based on pure arrogance. All right. And lastly, Garma's resolution is to stop believing in coincidence and just take out Shar or transfer him because Shar was just giving so many excuses for like two episodes, right? He was like, <laughs> oh, Grammar, I, I couldn't help it. I thought you could get him on your own. Or, you know, mm. oh, Garma, I, th- I thought you were, uh, you know, you look like you're handling the situation. Or I, th- I thought those sh- those <laughs> those dops I sent you were uh, already helped you. <laughs> and whatever happened, man, Garma just kept eating it up. He really thought they were friends. He was blinded by love, Isaac. Oh, yeah. Is that why he's prancing? Yes. <laughs> prancing in your 12 days of prancing Christmas. Prancing towards Shar with open arms. I can see Garma prancing about. Look, the only guy I could see prancing more than Garma is Makuve. In that ascot, the ascot would be flowing. Jabril. Oh, okay. You got me there. Yeah, with the cat. Yeah. Oh, the cat. <laughs> the cat gives me really big Dr. Claw vibes, though. Yeah. I, oh God. that They did too much with Jabril. I still don't know what they were going for with, like... The lipstick and then the cat. The cat was too much. The cat was very Bond villain. Well, if you don't like his lipstick, you're going to hate the new movie because a lot of the people have lipstick. It's very it's very weird. Oh, okay. Well, it's progressive. See, the cat thing doesn't work for me with Jabril because like a Bond villain, unlike a Bond villain, I should say, Jabril was not 
orchestrating the plan completely or really at all he was actually on the back foot kind of reacting to things it was to randall yeah his plans were very simple and he was very shocked when they didn't work out and that's not a good reaction for someone in his situation well so ends the 12 days of Gundamus and the New Year's resolutions. Listeners, let us know your 12 days of Gundamus and your New Year's resolution for Gundam characters, the Gundam franchise, whoever you want. And now, listeners, stick around. We will play our Christmas tales from last year, from Christmas 2022. They've never aired on this podcast, but they were on another Gundam podcast. So kudos to you if you found them. No one ever commented on them. No one ever sent us any messages. So I'm assuming. I'm not surprised. (laughs) So I'm assuming that no one has heard these yet, so this should be fun. So let us know what you think about those. And if you have a Gundam Christmas tale, type it up. Let us know. We may read it in the next mail call. Do you have Gundam resolutions, either for the characters, for Bandai, for yourself? Let us know. Drop it in the comments. And from Brian and I, have a very safe and happy holiday season. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a Happy New Year. Be safe out there. Take care of yourself. Watch out for the uh, the real fascists. <laughs> <laughs> If you happen to be uh, English or from the UK or British or (laughs) even from the Commonwealth or something, or you just do a really good British accent, let us know. Maybe drop a link to like your 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 favorite British impression of your that you can do, (laughs) so we can know who to reach out to for the uh, the fish and chips regiment. Yeah, send us your send us clips (laughs) of what you think the fish and chips regiment would say, like like good one liners, you know. (laughs) Oi, they're coming in with the Pegasus. That was a little Australian, actually. <laughs> All right, Isaac, take us away. All right, listeners, before you go to sleep tonight, stand next to your bed, get on your knees, put your hands together, look up at the ceiling, and hail the holiday season. Merry Christmas, everyone. Good night. And now, direct to you from the minds at Colony Drop, a Gundam podcast, Isaac shall present a very special alternate timeline Christmas jingle, which you can animate in your mind's eye. The Gundam Fright Before Christmas T'was the night before Christmas, and all through the Earth's fear, every new type was squirming and quivering with fear. The war had gone a very different way. It seemed like Zeon would now win the day. The white base exploded as the Gundam fell. Every side now became a true living hell. The solar ray fired all through the day as the last Federation fleet was burned away. The nukes went off as the colony cylinders turned while the people inside shelters screamed and burned. All now came under Xeon rule. Every day would be oppressive and cruel. When out from the stars came a jolly old fellow who laughed and smiled as he let out a bellow. His sleigh was pulled by a team of reindeer, and as they flew, he took away all fear. He turned back the clock and set everything right. In one single night, he took away Zeon's might. Every zombie died as their moose eyes fried. The people of the colonies were so happy they cried. Before he left, he turned to say, I give you a gift on this very special day. Every person is worthy of kindness and love. You best believe that I watch you from above. Appreciate what you have. Tis the greatest gift of all. It truly was my pleasure to bring about Zeon's fall. 
the space fascists are gone. So here ends this song. Cheer and celebrate. We won the good fight. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Happy holidays, Gundam Watch listeners. My name is Brian, and I am one of the hosts of Colony Drop, a Gundam podcast. Dallas was kind enough to ask me to contribute to this very Gundam Christmas episode with a pitch of my own. So before we get started, I just want to give you a warning. My pitch does contain spoilers for both the original Crossbone Gundam and the sequel Skull Heart. If you haven't read them, I definitely recommend them. So with that in mind, I invite you to have a very merry Cruxmas. The year is Universal Century 0135. Two years have passed since Crux Dogati, the supreme leader of the Jupiter Empire, invaded Earth, only to be killed by Barrarona's band of space pirates claiming to be the Crossbone Vanguard. Crux may be dead, but his iron grip on the Jovian people remains via his successors. Still, Crux's death was a glimmer of hope for those Jovians who dream of a better life, and a rude awakening for all those in the Earth's sphere who were previously blind to the Empire's true nature. In fact, that glimmer of hope has grown into unheard-of courage for some Jovians. You see, tonight is Christmas Eve, or as the Jovians were taught, Cruxmas Eve, and a rumor has started amongst the Jovian children that Santa is coming. Whether fueled by a strong Christmas spirit or a painful thirst for water, a small crowd of malnourished and desperate Jovian families have gathered at the abandoned Empire outpost where Santa will supposedly stop, a crime no doubt punishable by death. They wait in silence, fearful that one misstep will draw the Empire's attention. Suddenly, in the distance, a red glow appears, moving swiftly towards them. Their hearts beat out of their chests. But what emerges from the glow turns their fear into joy. It's a mobile suit. A strange-looking one for sure. Definitely not Jovian. Much older. The body and arm cannon look vaguely like a Gundam, but the rest of it looks like junk parts scavenged together. The head was particularly odd, like its face was stuck in a tube. But no one cared because the strange head was adorned with a mobile suit-sized white beard and red stocking hat. Santa had arrived. One by one, the Jovians began to notice the mysterious mobile suit was pulling a Jupiter-class supply container behind it. The container raised their spirits so high they let down their guard and began to cheer. However, those cheers immediately turned to panicked cries as a hail of beamfire flew overhead towards this mysterious mobile suit Santa. From behind the Jovians, a squad of three Jupiter Empire Batalas boosted forward from where they had been lying in wait. The Jovians began to flee when the first explosion rocked the sky. One Batala had been destroyed. The Jovians looked back in time to see the mobile suit Santa fire two more monstrous beam shots from its arm cannon, which erased the remaining two Batalas from existence. The Jovians cheered. The mobile suit Santa pulled the supply container forward, landing it on the outpost. The side was spray-painted to read Merry Cruxmas, except Crux was crossed out with a giant X. The mobile suit Santa sent out a communication to the Jovians, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. As quick as he had appeared, the mobile suit Santa had returned to the blackness of space. Years later, the children heard a rumor that what they saw that night was known as the Gump, piloted by a man named Gray Stoke. Others heard his name was Judo, a powerful new type who once fought against the forces of Neo-Zeon. They could all agree, though, that that night, his name was Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs>